it's good to have those moments of just quiet before the Lord. We need to do that more often here, don't we? We need to do that more at home. We need to do that more uh, on our work breaks and, and different things like that. But I really sense the Lord spoke something to you this morning. Whatever that was, take it to heart and allow him to uh, just massage that word into your spirit, okay? And if it's something that you want to share, email me, call me, text me. You know, if you feel that you need to share it with someone, maybe it's your brother or your sister in the Lord that you want to share that with. Um, or maybe it's just for you this morning. All right, so, well, it is so good to see everybody. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, round one, we'll have round two here in just a little bit, but um, I just, man, on the way in this morning and even just yesterday, been praying for you all and thinking about just how good God is, how good he has been to us uh, individually, how good he has been to us as abundant life. So um, I'm just attitude of thankfulness this morning and a heart of thankfulness this morning, but uh, for each one of you. So we're going to get going here in our series that we started last week, and it's up here, Gone Fishing. Of course, we have uh, Melody and Miss Gail brought all of this stuff here, and I'm a little jealous. Melody and her family are at Disney today, so a little jealous of that, not going to lie. But uh, all these cool little fishing things that we have, and, and um, I, I told you last week that what the Lord has been speaking to me, I, I saw this article, I believe it was by Tom Rayner on Twitter. And um, the question that he proposed was this. Um, you say that you and your church is evangelistic, but are you? And it made me take a hard look at me, David, not, not Pastor David, it, a hard look at David and just even the things that God is doing here at Abundant Life as well. And so I had to, had to focus in on, okay, God, what are you trying to speak to me? Because it was one of those articles that my spirit was just drawn to because I feel that, man, we go out, we tell people about Jesus. I hear all your stories and it does my heart good. But of course, in anything that we do, you know, we can, we can always share our faith a whole lot more than we do, right? And we can always pray more. We can always be in the Word of God more. So I began to examine this and a couple of the points that he made. And it was talk about evangelism. That's how you know that, one, it's being heard, that we're acting upon it. And so I want to take the next, it's a total of six weeks, so including today, five more weeks, to, to at least focus in on this about gone fishing. And, and we're coming from the text where Jesus uh, approaches his, or we came from the text last week, where Jesus approaches his disciples, and he just called them out. Here they are doing their jobs, and it just so happened that they were fishermen. And he didn't say, come after me and all your troubles will disappear. Come after me and I will give you a perfect life. Come after me and, you know, your, your children will begin to behave. Now, these are things that we do get to enjoy as we employ the, you know, the blessings of God and all those things. But he says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That was the first guarantee. That was the purpose that he gave to believers. None of the other stuff right off the bat anyway. It was, come follow me and I will make you uh, fishers of men. So that's what they would become. You know, when we live life with that focus and that purpose, we know what we're supposed to do. We have a goal that we're aiming for. We know how to get there. We, we know, well, at least we know where we're going and, and God can direct us on how to get there. Earlier this week, um, the president of Foursquare said this, he came to Christ in a generation where people were scared into heaven. How many of you grew up in that generation or, you know, you were, you were people were scared into heaven. And um, I, I grew up, I mean, I was, I was a little kid in that. I can remember we would have indifferent evangelists and it was, man, it was a fearful time 
um, to be, to, and, and let's not lose the fact that a lot of people came into the kingdom of God at, during that time, so praise God for that, but it was this idea of people being scared in the, into heaven, and the motivation to come to Jesus was fear of hell and suffering as opposed to, man, here is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the one who's come to save you and rescue your life, and fortunately, that wasn't a long-lasting time in our heritage, um, but the motivation that Jesus gave even wasn't a better life necessarily, so we have the two extremes there, but both of these are realities of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of hell as we talk about them. We know that um, you know, the one extreme that, yes, there are blessings that we read about in the Bible, but yes, there's the reality of hell too. You know, there are even believers. As a matter of fact, we had a, um, a luncheon with the different denominational pastors. We come together once a month, and uh, they were just talking about how one of the things that they were just discussing um, in their denomination, which they kind of made a shift from was they were denying the fact that there was evil, the fact that there was Satan, the fact that there was a hell. But it's very real. So all of these things that we are just talking about, we have to understand that they are real. But the motivation that Jesus gave to his disciples wasn't to get out of hell card, wasn't a live a life of luxury card. It wasn't either one of those. It was, I will make you fishers of men, uh, life with a purpose. So today what we want to look at is why go fish? Now if I ask any, I asked last week, who are my fishermen? You know, who are the people who really love to go fishing? Um, if, if, I, if I ask that question to you today, why you go fish? Your response is, why not? <laughs> it's sunny out, right? Even if it's raining, we have a boat, we have a rod, let's go fish. Let's see if we can drown a worm and catch a fish. And so you're ready to go. But today, we, like I said, why do we fish and why should we fish? So we're going to break this down today. Um, I almost feel like the typical three points and a prayer type of thing, but we're going to break this down today. First of all, Jesus was declaring this, and that was he was the only way to the Father. That's why we fish. That is uh, why we should fish, because Jesus was making this declaration. And of course, we see that today this really applies because we live in a society that says, you believe your way, we will believe our way, and we'll see you in heaven. Have you heard that on the news, on the radio, uh, even, even amongst maybe some of your friends? Um, so why, we, why should we even get into other people's business, right? Why recruit? Why do we even want to recruit? Well, I, um, as you all know, a few years ago, I was involved in racing ministry, and so I traveled around with the racing series. And the previous chaplain, they would always come up to him and they would say, uh, Chaplain Bill was his name. Chaplain Bill, will you please pray so that this rain will stay away today? And I loved his response. He's, he says, you know what, guys? You guys know that I'm a chaplain here, and I'm not in quality control. I'm in recruitment. That's what I do here. So he wouldn't take blame for the weather. He wouldn't take the credit when it was good. Um, so I kind of adopted that, I guess, when I got there, really because the community forced that upon me. Um, but you've also heard my story that Stasha and I were had been serving in, in several local churches as, as associate pastors, and um, our focus had gotten off. Because we were always within the four walls of the church. We were always ministering to believers, which is great. That's what God had called us to do. But we forgot the fact that he called us to be fishers of men. To the point we got so burnt out because we were not doing the call. I mean, we, we understood it, right? But we weren't doing it. To the point where even one day we were talking and Stasha said, if this is what church is about, I don't want to do it anymore. And I was like, honey, how can you say that? But you're right. 
I feel that way too. And so then God thrust us into this community of outside the walls of the church where most people, they, they didn't really think about God a whole lot. But when we came around, what did we do? We brought the presence of God into a situation, an awareness of God into the situation, and we were able to share our faith. And I think it's what drives, I know it's what drives who we are today. Not to just, we're so thankful we get to lead Abundant Life Foursquare Church and to work with you all and and side by side, arm in arm, hand in hand. Not only do we get to do that, but Together, we go into our communities. Together, we go around the world and we share our faith. And thank God for that, for this focus of, I have called you to be fishers of men, not just in quality control, but in recruitment. You all are recruiters. We said last week, ambassadors, which is a representation of Christ in the kingdom of God. The passage that we're going to go to, as a matter of fact, if you want to go ahead and get ahead of me, turn to Acts chapter 3. We're going to answer the question from this, these uh, two chapters here. Why fish? Why do we? Why should we? Well, not all religions lead to God, despite what we hear on the airwaves. Not all religions lead to God. And this is the reason that we fish and tell people about Jesus. And I was sharing with somebody this week, too. Um, we do this in a sense of love, not in a sense of judgment. We all understand that, right? Uh, We we understand how we ought to answer each one because we're going to give account even of our attitudes and the words that we use. And so this is the reason why we fish and tell people about Jesus because not every road leads to God. Well, before we get to the main text, which is going to be chapter 4 of Acts, I want us to catch up in uh, chapter 3. So this will not be on the screens. And I challenge you every week, bring your Bibles like this the paper kind. Obviously, we have, um, we have, I have my Bible on here as well. On the, uh, we call this pages and pixels. So I want to encourage you to bring your pages, okay? Because there's things in here that you can underline. Of course, if you didn't, there's things in here you can highlight on your phone. Um, but this will not be on the screen, so you won't have a cheat to look at. So we're going to be in uh, Acts chapter 3 here in just a moment. This story here tells of a lame man who was begging for money when Peter and John came to the temple. And of course, as we will see here in just a moment, they didn't offer him money. They didn't have to offer him what he was asking for, but they did look at him and they did heal him. Why? Because they were fishing, okay? So let's look at this for a moment. They were on their way to church, okay? Let's, let's keep that in mind. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. See, they were on their way to church, weren't they? On the way to pray. As they approached the temple, a lame man from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. Right? What, what better place to beg is people who are going to make things right with God. Man, if I sat up here, I could make a fortune. Yeah. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently And Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. Can you imagine the disappointment (laughs) from this guy? But it was about to change. But I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. That was the act of faith that was happening here. Not only did he say get up, he reached out, took his hand. 
And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking and leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Now, this is not part of what I had planned, but just real quick. Verse 8 there. The lame man was not allowed to go into the temple. Why is that? Because he had a defect. And you couldn't enter the temple. But at this point, he was healed. And he could go into the temple. That was the law. What does grace do? It sets us free where we can worship Jesus. Amen? All right, let's get back to the notes here. Thank you, Lord, for that. There was a huge commotion because of the healing, right? I mean, who wouldn't be celebrating? Because this guy, it was part of his custom to where he would be there begging. They knew this guy was lame. Then they see him up walking and dancing. We've said this before. As soon as Stasha's eyes are healed and open, there's going to be a little bit of a commotion. Maybe a lot of bit of a commotion that goes on. When people are set free, I think of Ella Kate when she got her new heart. And then when she had color returned to her a few days later, you know, what, what, there was a celebration that went on because was it a doctor healing? Yes, but here's what the doctors understood, that the Lord was working through them. And this girl who was supposed to be dead had life. There was a commotion. When God does the miraculous, it does it. It causes a commotion. It causes people to say, wow, look at what has happened. So this huge commotion came. You see the people coming around. Let's read verses 9. Pick up here with me. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was a lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw this opportunity. Underline that in your Bible or highlight that. Peter saw this opportunity. The Holy Spirit will give you opportunities this week. Here's what I want you to do. Just at a moment while you're sitting in your seat, pray. Holy Spirit, give me opportunities this week to share the gospel. And he will. But he saw the opportunity. There's so many opportunities that God will set before us that I may not see from time to time. But Peter saw it and he addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said... What is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. I'm going to stop right there. We'll, get, we'll catch up here in just a few moments with, with this particular area. Now, within the crowd, we see religious leaders showing up as well. And Peter and John get arrested. We're going to see why here in just a moment that happens. But they get arrested because they spoke about Jesus in whose name they healed a guy. Now, here's what we're going to do. In Acts chapter 4, we're going to see the discipline that comes from the leaders. Point number two. Don't stop telling what you have seen and heard because it changes lives. Amen. Peter and John told and did. They told what they saw and they did what they saw the Lord doing and it changed a life. Now, we just read chapter three, portions of chapter three. That's the beginning of the story. 
we're going to catch the end of the story and come back to the middle, all right? Because we're going to make a point here. So I want you to, you, I want you to hang with me. We're going to flash forward to the end of, this, of the story here. Acts 4, verse 18. Let's pick up here real quick. So these religious leaders called the apostles back in. We're going to see what they were doing in just a moment. And commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? See, we face this even today. We hear things like, Believe what you want to believe, just don't talk about it. Don't force your religion down our throat. And often I'm not sure that we are forcing religion down people's throat, but that's just what we hear. In fact, we want to tell them about relationship, not religion anyway. We hear, leave Jesus out of it. Now, this came from the religious leaders at this time. Leave Jesus out of it. Leave him out of your conversation. Talk about good things. Talk about the positive things. But leave Jesus out of it. And that's what they were saying here. But verse 20 says this, We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. I hadn't planned on doing this this morning, and I know that um, Mike and Mel don't mind me uh, telling the story, but they have seen what happened in the life of Ella Kate. We all saw, you know, point of death. She shouldn't have lived, but she was alive a year later, and then she got her heart transplant, right? They have been numerous places to numerous fundraisers, to numerous benefits, taking little Ella Kate and telling of her story, getting a new heart, and within that, they get to tell a reason for their hope as well. When you have seen the miraculous power of God, you can't help but talk about it. And that's what Peter and John, they were standing before these intimidating guys. We can't stop telling about everything that we've seen and heard. A guy who was not walking is now walking, and you guys saw it. A man who was crucified and put to death was raised on the third day, and multitudes saw it. They, they couldn't help it. They couldn't help it. Peter and John saw and heard what Jesus did. It was amazing. It was undeniable. So they acted upon it, and they healed the man in Jesus' name. There was no other explanation for it, and they had to speak it out. And here's something that I understand, and this is... For me, and for you as well, I may not be able to debate the Bible with scholars and skeptics. And I feel I know this word. I mean, I, I, went, I went to Bible college. I've devoted my life to studying this Bible. And there are people that I may not feel that I can debate everything with. You know, there's a whole lot of gotcha things that, that scholars, that people who don't like the Bible, they'll use a whole bunch of gotcha stuff. But here's what people cannot take away from me. And that is the story of my salvation. That is the story of how God changed my life. That is the story of the miraculous when God healed me of asthma. Was that just a freak thing? Was that just something I grew out of? Well, you can probably argue that, but I know the moment that the Holy Spirit ministered to my physical body and I breathed in, I've told this story, and I breathed out and I breathed in and I breathed and the lungs would tighten. And I said, Holy Spirit, do your work. And he did it. Nobody can take that healing away from me. Nobody can. 
Nobody can. What I have seen and heard, only the Lord do. Those things I have to tell about. What's your story? Because you all have a story. And you can use that story. Let me get this cool fishing rod here. To be fishers of men. To tell your story. Let me put it back gently because that's an old one. Go tell your story. Peter and John saw something so amazing that they were willing, they had to, they were compelled to risk prison and death to talk about it. These religious leaders, they were serious. They were very serious about him not talking. We live in a society that is very serious about you not sharing the name of Jesus. We, we live in that. Dean and Rachel just got back from a nation last year. They're going again this year. Where people who come to Jesus, you heard him tell the story. A man, you know, when, when they come to Jesus over there, the, um, the guy was kind of scared to come into the camp because he didn't want to die. But he heard the gospel and the Holy Spirit worked in his life. And he came to Jesus despite the fear because the Holy Spirit was working. Here's, here's something that I want us to note, okay? All of these men, Peter, John, and the religious leaders, all believed the same thing. They believed in God. We live in this society, right? We, we keep saying this. They believed in God. They believed that there was this higher power. But the dividing point was the name of Jesus. But this was the man, this was the person, this was the Messiah that they had to talk about and were compelled to talk about. Because in a few weeks we're going to get to this point. But there is no other name by which man can be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. Peter and John saw him and they believed him and they talked about him. So in these next few verses, we're going to back up here. And we're going to read what they saw that compelled them to talk about Jesus, okay? Now, we just saw that they were willing to risk punishment, and, and, and this is why. And this is our third point. The gospel is telling about history and your story. Now, I'm going to do the cheesy, cliche thing here. When we say history, we're going to break that up. His story, Okay? So the gospel is about telling his story, history, and your story in order to bring other people to Christ. That story is found not only here in this book, which is of most importance. What's our core value here at Abundant Life? One of them, we believe the Bible and we are spirit led by this, by this book here. We pray for people as well. So they were for, in order to bring others to Christ. They were willing to tell his story and their story. So let's go back to the middle. Back up to verse 5 here, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other relatives of the high priest. Now, I don't want us to lose the importance of this verse. These are high-ranking officials who had come in, okay? Intimidating people. People who probably, well, not probably, people who knew these first five books of the Bible and the prophets and all those things. They knew it better than anybody, which is kind of ironic because these books, these books spoke of the coming Messiah, right? But don't lose, that. that's just not a verse that was just stuck in there for no reason. Let's keep going, verse 7. 
they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power or in whose name have you done this? See, here's the thing. The miracle could not be denied. What is your story? What is the miracle that cannot be denied and cannot be taken away from you? First of all, salvation. That's a miracle from death to life. We're talking in the spirit. And for some of you and some of your story, it could be literally facing death to a life in Christ. The miracle could not be denied. And I want us to key in on this too. Verse 8. Then Peter, underline this, filled with the Holy Spirit. What are we taking this year to talk about? Jesus Christ, our baptizer with the Holy Spirit. We are transformed by Jesus. How are we transformed by Jesus? By the power of the Holy Spirit. To do what? To be witnesses. So, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned here today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you, do you want to know how he was healed? Verse 10, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Some of these men were responsible for the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And what does Peter say? Hey guys, I don't know if you had a mirror there, but look in the mirror. This man was healed because of the man that you crucified, who is now living. Peter didn't hold any punches. He didn't pull any punches with these guys. They knew who Jesus was. In fact, they also knew that they broke their own law to have Jesus killed. They were threatened by this man, weren't they? They hired false witnesses to testify against this man. And I just, this is not in the Bible anywhere. This is just what I can maybe picture what happened. There had to be such a conviction from the Holy Spirit at that moment. But they denied it. They weren't willing to say, Lord, forgive us. At least not what we read in the scriptures. The man you crucified is whose name this man was healed. You killed this guy, but because he is alive today, and because as we celebrate communion, by whose blood we were saved, and by whose body we were healed, it's that man. That's whose name we are preaching today. That's how this guy who was dead in his legs was brought to life instantly. You remember, okay, so who grew up in church and you remember the old song? I'm telling my age now, but was it? He was walking and leaping and praising God. Anybody remember that? Allison, thank you, girl. You got me, right? You're a PK. You grew up in, grew up in church. But you think about this guy walking and leaping and praising God. Can, uh, just picture that for a moment. I'm a picture guy. I'm a visual guy. Picture this, the commotion that had to have happened. In our life, Peter's talking to those men who said, you crucified him. But who are those who deny God and Jesus that you know? 
Are we willing to take the gospel in great... Now, Peter wasn't too gracious with these guys because they were religious leaders. They, sh they studied the scriptures. They should have known better, right? But in our lives, who are those who deny the Lord that we can speak the word of God to and compel them by the power of the Holy Spirit, compel them to come to Christ? You know what transforms their life? The power of the Holy Spirit, the word of your testimony, you are saved by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. The word of your testimony, though, is what can convince others to come to Jesus so they have their breakthrough moment. The word of God is powerful. See, Peter and John couldn't be quiet because of what they saw. It was all leading up to this point. When I say they couldn't be quiet, their witness of what Jesus had done outweighed their fear and intimidation. I want to be, I'm going to be real here for just a moment. We all face fear and intimidation when it comes to sharing our faith. I face it. I've heard stories of Miss Beth, who's followed Jesus all of her life. I've heard stories from every, a lot of people in this room, most people in this room. I just, man, there's times where I, I get clammed up. And I'm thinking, you know, I think of those times where I get kind of scared, but then I, I see what a powerhouse for the Lord Miss Beth is, and I know that she deals with it as well, and, but then she goes back and she makes it right, okay? So here's the thing, I'm getting real. We face times of fear and intimidation, right? But which is more compelling? The fact that we are scared to tell, me, I'm scared to just bring, because you know, I'll just wait for a better opportunity, Oh, Lord, help me get rid of that vocabulary. I've said it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait for a better opportunity. What if that's that person's last opportunity to hear it? And so that's what this is, that's what this is talking about here. Why wait? They couldn't be quiet. They had to share. The intimidation and the fear was outweighed by what Jesus had done. So put... Fear and intimidation on this scale and put what Jesus has done on this scale. And he has done so much. I have to share his story. And Lord, forgive me of those times where this has outweighed this. I've lived here too long. I'm being vulnerable before you this morning. I've lived here too many times. And I've got to remember what Jesus has done. He has given me life. I don't want to be the kind of guy who, when I'm standing before the Lord, and you know, I don't know what this is all going to look like. I have no idea. But having the understanding that had I just spoken, it could have been that moment where the harvest was brought in. We've said this too. Some plant the seed. In other words, you're the one who tells the gospel. Right? So here I am. I know ink needs to come to Jesus. <laughs> So I'm the one who tells Inc. about the gospel of Jesus Christ, but he doesn't receive the Lord at that moment, right? Well, then Jamie comes up, and Jamie begins to water that seed that was planted. Inc. doesn't come to the Lord at that moment. But then one day Mike goes up, and he says, Inc., I got to tell you this story about what God did. Now, did, I, did, did, did Inc. Any, hear anything different than what I said or what Jamie said? He was just able to reap the harvest at that moment, and Ink gave his heart to Jesus. Obviously, we know Ink has already done that. But you see how that works? You may not lead everybody to Jesus by your story, but you may be the person 
that plants. You may be the person that waters, that just begins to till that soil of the heart that's there. Or you may be the person that gets to lead them to Jesus. You know who takes part in that reward? All of the above. We've all done a part. We've all been obedient to the voice of God. So I wanna, can you tell I'm encouraging you today? Share your faith. Share your story. You know, you don't have to, you don't have, to have this memorized 100%. You don't. But things that you can know, we talked about last week, confessing with your mouth, believing in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Believing those things, you just, you know, you can lead people to Jesus that way. We all can. I want you to do that. I, I want to, man, I, it's not about numbers, right? We send in our numbers to the denomination because they want to keep track of, you know, who's coming to Jesus. That's a good thing to know. I don't want this just for the numbers. I want this for the kingdom of God. We say this, you know, I'm so happy that we've gone to two services. That's wonderful. I pray both services are filled, filled but here's the thing. I'm more concerned about the kingdom of God than I am my kingdom, the kingdom of abundant life. Let's lead people to Jesus, and if they live in Statesville, we'll send them to a church in Statesville in Jesus' name and bless them. Tell your story. I just had a conversation this week, another side track, you guys know me in rabbit trails. I just had a conversation with a young lady this week who we've had the privilege to be able to minister to. And man, just to, to hear her, it was at our home actually, to hear her talk about, you know, just some things that they're working through. The Holy Spirit's dealing with them. You know, we were able to say, go and be with your family on Sunday mornings. Why is it? Because what is more important is that people are in the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom that I'm interested in. That's the kingdom that we are interested in. And, and let me just stay down this rabbit trail. I want you to understand what's going on in Mooresville with our pastors groups that are meeting, you know, that the denominations coming together. Can I tell you that 20 years we've been in minute, 20 years, honey. Oh, wow. We were really young, huh? Um, and to see the lack of competition among churches is so refreshing. I'm not saying it's not there, but at least with the group that meets. Because we all, are, we all have this understanding that we're here. Many of us have this understanding that we are here to build God's kingdom. I got to tell you, I believe that Mooresville is primed and ready for revival because of that heart among the leaders. So if Mooresville is primed and ready for revival and the harvest, you got to get out and tell your story. Because it won't be the clergy, put that in quotes there, hopefully it will be us getting some of that, right? But it's not going to be the clergy leading people to Jesus. The church is not about the clergy. It's about Jesus and his bride. You are the bride of Christ. See, my wife, I, see, I can't use this reverse, but oh, I will. Wherever I go, man, I'm telling people how amazing my wife is. They'll, they'll, man, your wife, I, I couldn't even tell she was blind. I didn't even know that. Uh, she's absolutely amazing. Let me tell you about her. And hopefully she does the same thing, right? Which I know she does. What's not awesome, right, honey? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but your bride... 
your spouse, you can't help but talk about them. Hopefully that's your relationship. And if it's not your relationship, begin speaking that over your spouse, okay? Another rabbit trail. Get back on track here. But when you are in love with someone who has absolutely changed your life, you can't help but talk about them. And that's what Peter and John and the healed man were doing. Back on track. (laughs) These men saw the miracles. They saw the crucifixion. They saw the empty tomb. They saw him afterwards. They saw the mighty power work through them. And Peter quoted the scripture that they had all memorized, that all the scholars knew about, and it was from Psalm 118. But in Acts 4.11, he quotes Psalm 118. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. What's happening here within the church is being built on the name of Jesus to where we are today. You are the one who discarded the Messiah. You crucified him. God raised him. We saw it. Verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. He is the only way to the Father. That's the answer for the world that we're in today. And I'll just tell you, a lot of folks won't like it, right? How do we present it? That's important, absolutely. But it's truth. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Salvation was no longer about sacrifices or rules or actions. It was about Jesus. Verse 13, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. How many people in here today, and I want you, I know there's a few people who have Bible college training. Who has some Bible college training in here today? Miss Beth, Christian, my wife, me. Anybody else? Okay. This verse is for you. They could see, not, not for you who raised your hands, for people who didn't raise your hand. Of course, it's for us too, even though we've had Bible college training. You've had Bible college training. No. You went out one time for something though. Road trip, that was different. Okay. So, this is for everybody in here, but especially for those who do not have Bible college training. For they could see that they were ordinary men, if you're a woman, woman, with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What's the difference? You've got to be with Jesus every morning when you wake up. Lord, here I am, your servant. They had been with Jesus. I'm so thankful you're here today. But can I tell you that today's not enough? Every day, be with Jesus. I love my wife so much because coming up on July the 25th, I have been with her for 20 years. I can tell you things about her. All good. But it's because I've been with her for almost 20 years. And how long have you guys been married? 63 years. Man, there are stories that they could tell. 52, 3, 53 years. There's stories that you could tell. What about a lifetime with Jesus? 
stories that you could tell. Parents, you know your kids, right? I could tell you things about Nathan, right? <laughs> and the thing is, he's just like me. Stasha could tell you things about Gabriel. He is just like her. <laughs> but when we're with Jesus, they were ordinary men with no special training. They And these other guys, the other guys recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. These men talked because they had been with Jesus. Others will recognize that you have been with Jesus. We must fish because people need to hear the story of history. They need to hear his story. The story of Jesus isn't about this is what I believe versus what you believe. It's a story about what happened in history, and we must tell it. And you don't have to have formal training. As a matter of fact, it sounds like it's preferred. <laughs> oh, yes, I'm, I'm all for... for I'm, I, I, I am so thankful for the training that I had, that Christian has had, Miss Beth, the different folks, part of our congregation who's been able to be licensed. and all. I'm so thankful for that, right? We need to understand theology as well, by the way, which is why, again, we base our beliefs on the Bible. If we base our beliefs on the Bible, we've got to know what the Bible says. So please hear me in that. We, we need to grow in, in the Word of God, absolutely. But it almost seems like the Holy Spirit works through people who aren't trained, officially trained. The Holy Spirit works. He does His thing to those who are willing and obedient. The story of um, Jesus is a story about what happened. We must tell it. You don't have to be you know, formally trained. We have believed and received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. And we tell other people, you can do the same thing. Will you stand with me this morning? You excited to go, st I mean, like, you're like, okay, will you be quiet now so we can go tell our story? I hope that's what you're thinking. Some of you are going to be going to lunch here soon. We said this last week, ask, ask, ask the waitress, hey, we're getting ready to pray for our meal today. How can we pray for you? Just simple things like that. Begin to tell your story. We have believed and received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. We have the empowerment of the Holy Spirit who will work through us. Not only will He work through us, He will speak through us too. And then work and, and show the mighty things of the Lord. I want you to posture yourself this morning just in a sense of willingness. Thank you, Miss Vicki. Just in a sense of obedience and a sense of willingness in a sense of receiving the challenge today. The Holy Spirit, we have heard the call to go fishing. Two weeks now. We've got four more weeks to go. And Lord, I know, that, <laughs> I know that this is uh, challenging. This is a stretch for me and for maybe many of the folks here at Abundant Life. But God, we want to... The same life that we were offered, we want to offer that life to other people. But God, we also recognize that we need the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. We've got to have the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, just if you will turn your hands up this morning, we need to be empowered by you today. We want to receive power from on high so that we can be witnesses. We need the empowerment so that we can go out of here today, not only to tell our story, but 
your word even takes it further in Matthew and different places of the scriptures to where we can lay hands on the sick, they will recover. We can even cast out demons, even raise people from the dead. And that could be spiritually, but that can also be physically. <laughs> that can't be done without the name of Jesus, without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So God, we need you today. Empower us, encourage us, strengthen us. If we needed a little kick in the seat of our pants, that Holy Spirit, you would do that so that we would tell our story in Jesus' name. If you have not received Jesus as your Savior today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. And here's how we're going to do that. Larry and Gail are going to be dismissing us in prayer today. And um, I'm asking you to take a step of faith. You know, not this, the call of God is not one of these, I just I want to raise my hand to receive Jesus. No, you're accepting life. You're accepting something that's very powerful. And that's, that's Jesus. That's who he is. And so I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. This, is a, this will be your first step of faith um, in a life of faith, right? And so as we're dismissed, everybody's going to be walking out. You're going to be the fish out of water coming this way. And I want you to pray with them and say, hey, I'm, I want to receive Jesus today as my personal Savior, okay? Does that sound fair? All right. Stasha and I will see you at the back door. We want to love you. Either give you a fist bump, a handshake, or a hug. And, um, but these guys are going to dismiss you. We love you. We'll see you at the back.